Welcome to the 33rd episode of Letterman Jacket Podcast. I'm Eli Letterman. I'm joined today by one Garen Emig, and today we are going to try to answer the question of why Oklahoma has such a hard time winning at Allen Fieldhouse. We're going to dive into that, but first, of course, got to hit up the sponsors, the people who made the Letterman Jacket possible. That is Rose Hill Builders, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, Our Blood Institute, and Bob Moore Auto Group. Of course, Garen, can't forget our friends at Fire Lake, the Citizen Potawatomi Nation, has more than 75 positions available at one of its many businesses. Go to firelakejobs.com to find out more and join the team. All right, Garen, first off, welcome. Glad to have you back, as always. For another, I'd like you to dig back in, into your background. I know you're, you're not always keen on talking about yourself, um, but you have uh, a pretty deep connection with Lawrence, Kansas, and the University of Kansas. I did spend four of my formative years there. Well, that was the idea that they would be formative. I, I don't know how formative they were. <laughs> like like a lot of uh, like a lot of fellows uh, enjoyed myself in my uh, in college, maybe a little too much. Uh, but yes, I was I was there from eighty six to ninety. Not to date myself, um, Danny and the Miracles. I, I was first uh, first hand witness to Danny and the Miracles and. To the torch passing from Larry Brown to to uh, Rory Williams. What's his name? Yeah, Brown to Williams. Well, I thought you were going to say the plan was four years, and that didn't go according <laughs> to plan. But I, I know you were a good student. I know you, but you spent a lot of time at Allen Fieldhouse when you were in school. I did, Eli. Uh, went to a few games as a student, and broadcast a few games for KJHK, the student radio station. Um, spent some journalism school time doing a little print and doing a little uh, radio. And uh, I, I got the biggest kick. I got more of a kick actually out of uh, calling uh, KU games courtside with my fellow students on uh, Lawrence's rock alternative, as it was known at the, as, at the time we'd, we'd break in from uh, early REM and um, I want to say camper van Beethoven and to bring you the best of KU basketball coverage. It was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting transition. I don't know what our target audience was for those games, but it was a student lab and I didn't really care. It, I, I enjoyed it. So the two greatest exports out of Lawrence, Kansas, Garen Emig and Paul Pierce got those. Uh, I'll ask you this then, and we're going to start generally before we get to OU in their time in Lawrence, but mm -hmm. speaking generally and without using the term officiating or the word referee, <laughs> Give me three reasons why it is so hard for visiting teams to win at Allen Fieldhouse. Oh, this, you didn't say eight on five. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I go there? However you'd like to take that question. Um, well, it actually has maybe something to do with the idea, and it's a pretty strong idea, that you are playing shorthanded in that building. Um, it tends to get a little noisy in there, Eli, as I think you've discovered. And if you aren't, and, and I know that we're conditioned to think that if you're a, a high level college basketball scholarship athlete, you can withstand just about anything, but it's one thing to uh, fend off the, the environment in uh, say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a non-hostile big 12 environment. I'm not sure it's one such, there, there used to be a couple, but those are all gone now. Um, let's just say this. Little harder to win in Lawrence than it is in Tulsa. Like when OU comes over here to play the Golden Hurricane every now and then, right? Or when Colorado rejoins the Big Twelve next year, that's a that's a good comparison. Mm. Uh, Sooners, 
Sooners won't be playing Colorado. No, it's not. It's a bleep. It's a bleepy comparison. Um, <laughs> noise, noise. To me, it, a lot of it is just the environment. Um, I don't know how that measures up to the talent that Kansas cranks out every year. They probably. Um, I haven't done a first round study in a while of uh, big, you know, Big Twelve programs churning out, uh, you know, high end NBA draft picks. But I assume Kansas is going to lead the pack. Texas might be up there as well, but. Um, that has something to do with it. I think the coach has something to do with it and has had something to do with it since you'd have to go all the way back to maybe early Ted. Ted Owens is a good coach, but might not have been in Brown slash Williams slash Selfland. Um, but there is back to the, the building, the atmosphere. There is, I think, a, a mystique to the place that it, it doesn't matter that OU's been there a bunch of times that a lot of people connected to the program have been there a bunch of times. It's still tough to overcome. Uh, especially when things go wrong and you, you look up and you've given up a 10 nothing run in one minute. Uh, it's just hard. It's hard to come back from 10 nothing runs in Lawrence. Uh, a lot harder to do that than, than any place else, I think, in the country. It seems to me that things just move faster there. Like you mm-hmm. say that, you know, 10-0 run in a minute. Things just spiral, the avalanche, whatever metaphor you want to use. When things stop going your way as a visiting team or start going right for the home team and for that home crowd, Two points turns into 10, turns into 15, and suddenly you're in a hole and uh, they're doing that eerie uh, rock chalk thing right. uh, in the student section. So we bring all this up because you mentioned the Sooners, and they're not relative struggles. They are struggles at Allen Fieldhouse. Most people struggle. Teams struggle at Allen Fieldhouse. But Oklahoma in the Big 12 era is 0-22, uh, 0-22 at Allen Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. Not one there since 1993. And all of that is pertinent because the Sooners are headed to Allen Fieldhouse for the last time as a Big 12 program this weekend, Saturday afternoon. Top 10 matchup. I don't know if you would have drawn that up back in November. Number nine Sooners against the number three Jayhawks. And it brings us to this question of, you just perhaps answered a lot of it, of why Oklahoma has struggled so mightily to win there. Um, But... Really, 0-22, and, and this is their last shot at, at getting that Big 12 win mm-hmm. over the Jayhawks in Lawrence. It's eluded them. They've gotten very close in recent years, uh, but that is what we're talking about today. And while the Sooners should feel great, I think, going in this year, history is not on Oklahoma's side in this game. And I know, Garen, you covered the program uh, for the Norman Transcript, for the Tulsa World. Uh, you've been around with Sellout Crowd now. Oklahoma's history at Allen Fieldhouse in the last 25 or so years looks like what other than 0 and 22? Yeah. Uh, and we, we I just touched on the, you know, the, the, the atmosphere, the talent, the coaching that you, that everyone faces Oklahoma included when you go into that building. But there's also, uh, there's also, I think, and this goes probably for everyone else who's tried to win there the last 25 years. There's also an element of bad luck that always at some point seems to kick in against you. Um, I was courtside in 2006. I remember that day in particular, Super Bowl Sunday, the day the Steelers mm-hmm. beat the Seahawks. And um, it's strange that they had a college basketball game the same day as the Super Bowl. That happens now and then. It happened that day. And I thought for an hour and 45 minutes, Oklahoma was going to beat Kansas. That was at the toward the end of Kelvin Sampson's run. People forget this, but his most talented and, and capable teams, I thought, were toward the end of his run. He was getting higher star recruits before he left than he was the first, you know, ten to twelve years of, of his tenure. And I thought that oh, you had 
as good as Kansas lineup was. I thought OU sort of matched it that day. They played better than Kansas and still lost at the, at the end. It was, I can't remember the final score, but it was a one possession loss um, where you think that if one thing out of 10 had gone right for OU in the last two minutes, that would have been a different result. Blake Griffin got hurt in his one trip to Allen Fieldhouse, uh, went mm. out in the first, I think it might've even been before the first media timeout. That was his freshman year. It wasn't his national player of the year season, but that's the kind of thing that has happened to the Sooners in that building. Buddy Heald, for all the great games he had that 2016 season, I never saw him better than the night he played at Allen Fieldhouse. Kansas still won the game. What was it? 109, 106, I think. You got it. Your memory's sharp because you mentioned that 06 game. It was a one point loss, 59, 58. Taj Gray had 13 and 12 that night. Yeah. Uh, and, and you mentioned 2016. There were six games. There have been six games since 2000 where the Sooners have gone to Allen Fieldhouse and lost by four points or fewer. 2000 was a 53 to 50 loss. There was that 06 game. Took another decade for Buddy Heald and the Sooners to, to have that triple OT game. Uh, 2021, uh, Austin Reeves and Lon Kruger, their final season with the Sooners, uh, lost by four. And Porter Moser's actually come close each of the last two years. His, mm-hmm. his debut season, 71-69. And then last year, which was not, a, th- that was not, of all the teams that OU has had to go win at Allen Fieldhouse last year, was not their best team, but they really were in that game. And mm-hmm. it was one of those um, just forceful swings of a game uh, that changed everything. And suddenly right. the Sooners uh, couldn't hit a shot and the Jayhawks were pulling away. The game I do want to focus on with you because it just, I think, remains a touchstone in the program's recent history, even in a loss. And, you know, it's probably the best shot over all those years for OU to have gone there and won is that 2016 game with Buddy Heald. 46 points, triple overtime, played something, he played over 50 minutes. A lot of the guys played over 50 minutes that night, and the Sooners lost 109, 106. Uh, in Triple OT with Dick Vitale sitting there uh, at the scores table call, calling the game. Yep. And you were there that night. Mm-hmm. I was. What, what do you remember before the game, but about the setting? Because that was similar to this year. I mean, I, I, not to conflate this year's Oklahoma team and, and the team that went to the Final Four with Buddy Heal, but yeah. in a similar place of, of that was a, a highly anticipated matchup. Yeah, I, I remember thinking this this really was uh, setting up to be the year you broke through in that place because, and here we're right back to, again, what I started with, the sort of the just the ambiance, not ambiance, mm-hmm. that's a terrible word for it, it's college <laughs> basketball we're talking about, the, the, the bedlam, the din. Uh, the students weren't, weren't back yet. It was over holiday break, and I thought that it that might lower the volume a, a few notches. Like if it gets to 11, like you know the old spinal tap scene, it gets to 11 a lot in, in that in uh, that barn. I thought maybe it might nine that night because not all of the students were back. I was wrong. <laughs> the place was place about came apart five or six different times before, again, the first time out. Um, and then I just thought because there was so much experience in that lineup, uh, the, I can't remember the stat, but it was it was an insane number of starts that Buddy Heald, Isaiah Cousins, Jordan Woodard, Ryan Spangler, and Kadeem Latin had had uh, conjoined for, and I thought that ex- that the combination of experience, the fact that they weren't getting Kansas in the thick of a semester where where the students were camping out for for tickets, 
plus that the fact that oh you played a really good schedule that year they beat Villanova badly in, mm. in December of that season same team that turned around and, and just whipsawed them in the final four they'd seen that level of talent even in non-conference and so I, not to mention Heald was going to be almost a consensus national player of the year all of those factors Eli I thought was going to work in OU's favor. So going into that game, I, I, I don't remember predicting a, an OU win, but I thought if this was ever going to happen, it was set up to be that night. Well, setting the scene, it was one versus two. Oklahoma was unbeaten at that point. Mm-hmm. And they came in. You mentioned all that experience. Lon Kruger got a lot of that experience last night because he had Buddy Heald play 54 minutes. Ryan Spangler played 51. Jordan Woodard played 50. Kadeem Latin played 46. And Isaiah Cousins played 39. Next up, 16 points. Or, excuse me, 16 minutes uh, off the bench for Daniel Walker. Mm-hmm. So it was all about that starting lineup that night. Right. And they took Kansas to the very wire. And Buddy Heald took Kansas to the very wire mm-hmm. in that game. He played great. Jordan Woodard had the best game that I that he had played, I think, up to that point. Cousins did not play a typical Isaiah Cousins game. And and this is this goes back into, well, it takes some luck. And sometimes it's bad luck that be, that befalls you when you play in, in Lawrence. And if Cousins is a little bit more assertive that night, uh, has a, makes a little bit more of a difference, the, the game would have been different. I think the result would have been different. The game was still going to be splendid. But, of course, when you talk about bad luck, I don't think there are many OU fans who don't immediately uh, uh, go right to Kadeem Latin missing two free throws, right, at the end of regulation. It was a regulation, I think. I think it was at the end of the uh, – I think it was the one that pre- preceded the first overtime. He got fouled. Uh, someone went over his back contending for a KU offensive rebound, and they walked to the – I couldn't believe, speaking of the uh, the officiating situation there, it took us like a minute to pick up our jaws because they whistled the foul against Kansas <laughs> with literally like a second left. And uh, all Latin has to do is make one of his two free throws. They were in the double bonus. He had two shots and he missed them both. Right. So there you go. Uh, maybe in another uh, universe, Latin goes two for two. Can uh, OU walks out of there with a win and we're not having this discussion. But it ends 109-106 Kansas. Jayhawks get another one over the Sooners. In Lawrence, and you know, I think there were a couple, maybe a couple closer games, but I don't know that there was ever a night uh, since then that oh, you felt more likely probable to win a game at Allen Fieldhouse. And there are parallels. We don't need to compare the last team that went to the Final Four with Porter Moser Sooners, who are uh, you know off to a great start, off to their best start since that season. Um, but this is a big one for the Sooners um, this this weekend, both in the current season and what it could mean. Uh, an early win over Kansas. If you're talking about Oklahoma building its resume, um, if you're top 10 now, win over Kansas would uh, only boost that and only boost, you know, where, where a lot of folks feel the Sooners are headed. In the broader context, you know, the, the question for later can be, will, you know, can Joe Castiglione, uh, will he schedule Oklahoma to, to go to Allen Fieldhouse? That's all for later once we're in the SEC. But for right now, you know, Oklahoma, I mean, for whatever it matters, could well go out of the Big 12 without a win, uh, win at Allen Fieldhouse. So there are implications for for Saturday's game. 
if uh, let's let's cook up a universe where Porter Moser calls you, Garen Emig, and says, "Hey, I need you to talk to the team before we go go in there, um, and before we go look at the original rules of basketball and uh, <laughs> go into that auditorium and the whole thing." Um, what lessons could maybe be gleaned from from 2016 or from yeah. past OU visits to Allen Fieldhouse that they could perhaps help solve this problem of Oklahoma's uh, wretched run? At the fog, I coaches are quick to say the past has nothing to do with the present, right? What and it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if if you're Bill Self, he's telling his media up in Kansas, doesn't matter that we've won X number of games in a row against Oklahoma. What matters is how we play Saturday afternoon. Obviously, that's going to go for Porter Moser in Oklahoma, but in his case, it's not just because you don't want to go there and you don't want to make make the task even steeper than it really is, but Eli, the reality is the two teams matched up this year. To me, there's not that. There's just not a gap. I, I don't think, and I, I say that knowing full well that KU has at least two Big Twelve first team players that they're going to throw out to, to begin the game, and Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller. I, I understand that. I understand that KJ Adams has developed into an All Big Twelve type uh, forward, and that Dewan Harris, for all of his uh, offensive faults, is a point guard that you know. 290 to 300 coaches would gladly take as their, as their starting point guard. But that's where it stops. Uh, there have been countless OU teams during their losing streak up there that have come into that game. If they weren't 8 to 10 points in the hole because of the crowd or 8 to 10 points in the hole because of the officiating, they might have been 8 to 10 points in the hole because they just didn't have the, the roster, right? They just did not have KU's roster, like a lot of teams in this league. That's not the case this year because I've seen enough of the Sooners to know that if they get going and if their guards play like they're capable and if Godwin plays uh, the contributing factor that he can, there's not going to be a big difference. There just isn't between these two teams. And if McCullough or Dickinson get, you know, two quick fouls on them, look out. I mean, it it really becomes one of those, one of those days. So um, it, it really is all about Saturday. Uh, I know we're making a big deal about the streak and about Allen Fieldhouse, and and we should, and we also should even consider the fact this might be it for a while uh, in terms of OU playing up in Lawrence. But um, for the sake of two hours and fifteen minutes of basketball on Saturday, if I'm Moser and I'm you know uh, any of the guys on on OU's starting lineup or any of their first two or three players off the bench who are going to be more effective than I think KU's first two or three players off the bench. I see this as a terrific opportunity. It would be a pretty grand way to go out of the Big 12. You're right that the past doesn't matter, nor does uh, the significance of Saturday will not be if, if Oklahoma walks out with a win of finally getting there. It will be of what it means for this particular Oklahoma team, a team which the ceiling uh, seemingly kind of rises by the week and would only uh, would only rise a bit more with this win. Well, Garen. Thank you for walking us through a bit of history and a sharp, sharp memory. I don't, I couldn't tell you about the fouls in the Iowa State Oklahoma game from, from this past weekend, let alone uh, an over the back from 2016 or something from 06. It's a game you really had. I mean, I, the reason that I'm able to, and I, I could spend four hours replaying specifics from that night simply because I've mm. never had a night like that. Anyone who was in that building will never forget it. I mean, it's that simple. I, I know that there have been, there's been history made at Allen Fieldhouse for a long time, but I, I just can't imagine 
if you if you poll you know 100 ku basketball fans what you know what's the best game you ever saw or watched kansas play at allen field as i gotta think that 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 overtime game in 16 is is going to come out if not first and in top three, it, I've I've never had a better experience as a as a sports writer. I'll I'll just say that, and uh, it's not because my alma mater won. It's not because being in Allen Fieldhouse is about as good as it gets as a as a sports writer who covers basketball. It was because of the game. I mean, it was just that good. It was it was that loud for that long, and uh, it took literally it took me two or three days to recover from just because of how <laughs> tense and emotional and and uh, and uh, draining the whole night was. But um, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I'll ever experience anything like that again. I'm not sure I want to, to be honest. Uh, but some, sometimes it's it, you just know when you're in a moment, and uh, we we were all in one that night at Allen Fieldhouse. Be lucky if Saturday is even half as good uh, in Lawrence. Chance you'll be there, weather dependent. Yeah, uh, looking a little dicey. I know. Um, I'm hopeful. Right, we'll see what the winter storm brings to. Uh, to Kansas in terms of snowfall, I, they, they tend to get a lot more than we do, which is odd because it's only three. I'm in Tulsa. It only takes me about three and a half hours to get up there. You wouldn't think that'd make a big difference, but when it comes to weather patterns, it tends to. So we'll see how the weather gods treat everybody um, and uh, go from there. Well, we know how hard it is typically to get you to Lawrence, Kansas. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hope against uh, the weather gods or hope they'll help. Uh, and if you're an OU fan, you're Porter Moser, and anyone on that team, if there's a day you need the basketball gods on your side, it is the day you walk into Allen Fieldhouse. So, Garen, thank you so much. That wraps this edition of the Letterman Jacket. Uh, as always, you can find us at selloutcrowd.com, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, review, subscribe, leave a comment. We'll get back to you. And we will be back with more on Letterman Jacket coming up. <laughs>